we want better performances, we want more attack. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to be shouting out. It made me really proud to be a Munster man. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Off the ball. This is News Talk. Now you're very welcome back. We're turning to NFL. Very happy to say Tara Sullivan from the Boston Globe joins us on the line. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year and all that. Hello. Thank you and right back at you. Thank you. Festive Appreciate it. period wasn't dull over in the NFL. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Never. This was extraordinary, really. So this was at the MetLife Stadium, Antonio Brown for the Buccaneers. Mid-game against New York Jets. There seemed to be a failed attempt to try and calm him down, certainly at the point where cameras really honed in on what was going on. And then he took off his jersey and he took off his pads and he jogged off the pitch and waved to the crowd as he was doing so. Wide receiver, 33 years of age, controversial figure down the years, which we can get to in a moment. But just with regard to this specific incident, I saw the book's head coach, Bruce Arians, was asked afterwards, what's all this about? And... He didn't seem to have any idea. There's been talk of an ankle injury. Can you explain what's been going on with Antonio Brown over the past week? <laughs> well, in the big picture, not a chance. Can I explain Antonio Brown? I think this is, as you as you alluded to, you know, this is a guy with a long history of different incidences, and this one is the is the most recent. In this specific case, um, we don't know yet because Brown himself hasn't given a specific explanation. There's been some different reports that, you know, Arians wanted to put him in the game and he refused to go in. So Arians told him to go to the locker room. And then there was something kind of spread from his side that he didn't want to go in the game because of an injury, which presumably would be the ankle, which he had had in the past. Um, but that, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. It seems more like uh, an after-the-fact explanation because, one, I saw him dancing through the end zone as he, he was jumping up and down and waving to the crowd and stuff on the way off the field. And he was, um, you know, really close to uh, a lot of salary bonuses. So, to me, if there, you know, if the argument was, I want to be in the game, if the, you know, to get those bonuses, I think, because there was some contention that maybe that was, he was annoyed at not getting enough targets. So, I don't know which way you can have it with Brown. I just feel like um, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, in, in my estimation. Yes. And is he now officially cut from the books? Because there's been confusion about this and maybe there's been, you know, there have been suggestions that they, obviously, I mean, they, they don't want to use him anymore, but they don't necessarily right. want him to end up somewhere else. So what's his status at the yeah, moment? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I actually didn't check today. Um, my understand, I think I saw reference to it to him actually finally cut today. It wasn't, it was interesting because of the way Arian said in the immediate aftermath of the game, like he's no longer a buck, right? Like he just said, yeah. So he was essentially telling us we're going to cut him. It's never that simple in the NFL. I'm sure in any of the pro leagues around the world, right? There's always a financial ramification, um, what you have to pay when you cut somebody and there's going to be lawyers about how much they owe him and that kind of thing. So whether it just gets gummed up in the works is usually, is, is always kind of part of the equation. I, I mean, I guess there's always concern he hooks on somewhere else, but who in their right mind would, would sign on, would sign him on right now? I don't see how it happens. What was interesting is that the head coach, Bruce Arians, had been talking on a podcast just a few days ago, and he had been saying of Antonio Brown, who, as you say, and I mentioned, has been a deeply problematic personality to handle yeah. for various teams for a long time. He was saying of Brown's time at the books and their Super Bowl win, 
I really loved the way he tried to fit in. He worked his way in. He gave us everything he had to get to the Super Bowl. My whole attitude on him changed. I saw him trying to be a better human being. So I've got a totally different relationship than when it was you and I talked last year. That was what he said just last week, I suspect. It's changed subsequently. Was Brown's time with the books generally seen as, you know, in the in the in the context of his of his problems, was it seen as uh, harmonious, uh, positive uh, on all sides uh, situation, or, or or was it potholed with issues along the way? Well, I think the first year, last year, was generally seen as you know relatively calm on all sides and benef- you know mutually beneficial. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. He contributed at times. He seemed to get along well with Tom Brady, who obviously advocated for him many times going back to his time with the Patriots. So it seemed harmonious last year. This year, it seems it's just been a different story. And there again, not all that surprising with Brown. Nothing seems to last that long anymore. And this year, between injuries, which I realize are out of his control, but could contribute to some sense of dissatisfaction or losing your structure or whatever in your daily life. And then the fiasco with faking his vaccination card, which I'm sure is a story you saw as well. And he had to pay a a three game suspension for that. And I, you know, that's one of those tough things that, again, you leave the rest of your team answering the questions. You leave your coaches answering the questions. You obviously deceived people. You put them at risk, you know, because you weren't honest about your status. And then when when he came back and the first time he was available to reporters down in Florida, you know, he went back at the reporters for even asking about the vaccination card and kind of said, you guys are all about the drama. You know, I just want football like that to me just sounds hilarious. You guys are all about the drama like this guy is in the center of drama all the time and it's self-created. So uh, I think Arians would sing a far different tune now, even than what he just said, you know, in that podcast. And it just shows how tenuous it can all be with somebody as uh, quite honestly volatile as Antonio Brown. Mm. So uh, a checkered past some of the more serious issues. Uh, two women made accusations of sexual assault and certainly one rape and a federal private lawsuit has just recently been settled on that front. And in January of 2020, I think he didn't contest charges of stealing a moving mm. truck. And you mentioned the yeah. falsification of his COVID vaccination records. And then right throughout his, what, 10 years in the NFL, give us a sense of just how routinely Antonio Brown was finding trouble and, and what kind of trouble it was. Yeah, so early on he was, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly where things went wrong. I know, you know, going as far back as his youthful days in this country, you know, you know, you, you play in your high school and then you get a college scholarship and he didn't end up, despite his talent, as one of the, at one of the major big time programs because I think there were some issues even at that level of behavior or whatever. So you're kind of, you know, I don't know all the details, but sure. then once he entered the NFL and he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he actually was really good. I mean, I don't I don't recall major issues there, won a Super Bowl with them. Their coach, Mike Tomlin, is is very well respected among players and his relationship with players. And I do think hindsight probably tells us that Tomlin did a far better job with Antonio Brown than than we ever even realized, because then it, it did start going downhill. I don't know if you paid attention to this ridiculous um, sort of tenure in with the Raiders where he, like he feuded with the front office and he ended up complaining about which helmet he could wear. And that's how he essentially forced a trade and forced his way um, into landing in New England where, you know, it, the, I think the Patriots thought that they're, and I remember writing this at the time, like the Patriots with such a structure in place and 
a long time, well-respected head coach who always has the last word. And Bill Belichick thought, okay, if it can work anywhere, it would work with the Patriots. But then those accusations of sexual assault followed him and he played one game. And then right after playing that one game, um, other irrefutable evidence of these very disgusting, threatening texts that he sent to the accuser, his own victim. So like that ended up getting him cut from the Patriots after the one game. Um, and, and so many other things in between, like, not paying his private chef and having that go public or throwing furniture out the window. And there were like kids on the floor in that incident with the truck. So listen, football, we know it's, it's a brutal game and there are documented hits that Antonio Brown has taken to the head. And a lot of people have written about or pointed to one in particular mm. from sort of a notor- notorious dirty player and in, in Vontez perfect. And that, you know, some people see that as a line of demarcation, but I don't know. It's hard for me because I think that, a lot of his behaviors predated even that. Um, mm. It's just, I find him a different case than some of the other sort of, um, you know, controversial or whatever uh, yeah. players who have issues in the league. No, I've certainly seen, and it's really dangerous territory to get into. I've certainly seen in the yeah. American media, people almost mm-hmm. diagnosing CTE yeah. from afar. But as, as you said, uh, it was, uh, some of his behavior, lots of his behavior yeah. predates some of those hits. But who knows, you're into kind of impossible territory there you are it did strike me tom brady presumably who would have known him from the patriots and then who i you know yeah. is now at the books presumably advocated on his behalf i'm sure the yeah. coaching no staff said tom what do you think we're thinking of bringing in antonio brennan and you would think that got the green lights from brady so brady, i think that went the other way I oh think really brady said oh get yeah brady okay. said please go get him here yeah and he probably because because in fact arians was on the record earlier that april saying no way not going to happen i know what he's about he's too much of a diva he won't fit in here like literally on the record saying we won't sign him and then come october they did so you know i think brady was the one who abdicated but anyway that's an aside no that's that's very interesting because i'm going to play a clip of brady just talking uh, post the uh, situation at the metlife stadium now on the one hand this could be brady who might feel a certain responsibility that geez i messed Mm -hmm. up here by bringing this guy in and so therefore, he's, 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 he's taken a certain slant on what's happened. He's not slamming Brown. But equally, I think it's very striking to anybody who listens to this clip that uh, Brady feels that Brown has significant problems, I think it's fair to say. So just have a listen here. This is Tom Brady being asked about the Antonio Brown situation post-Brown taking off his jersey and pads and, and jogging off the pitch and, and uh, presumably ending his tenure at the books. It's um, obviously a, a difficult situation and... Um you know, I think we all want, you know, him to, to, you know, just think everybody should find, uh, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, that, you know, he really needs it. And, um, you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. Um, you know, we want to see him be at his best and, you know, unfortunately won't be with our team, but, um, you know, we have a lot of friendships that, that will last. And, Again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their your friends and your teammates, and they go beyond the field. And um, you know, I, I think everyone should should be very compassionate and empathetic toward you know um, some very difficult things that are happening. So there you go. That was really not a well. Antonio has let everybody down here. Interview that yeah. was a, an appeal in so much as it was coded, and it wasn't particularly coded. That was an, an appeal yeah. for empathy because there are issues here. Well, and and that's that's understandable in that in that moment. And and for a lot of people, that was a chance to give Brady credit. And I I don't know, I I didn't feel quite as magnanimous, I'll be honest, like 
for me, Antonio Brown has left victims in his wake. And if I'm going to channel empathy, it's going to be, you know, much more toward some of those victims that we talked about already, the women and, mm -hmm. and the people that he has treated badly. Um, I think, listen, the acknowledgement of mental health issues is a huge storyline, one that, you know, I think beautifully so really got attention this past year in ways that we've never understood before or never really talked about before. And, I, and I'm a big proponent of that and acknowledging mental health issues. But, but I also think a part of that element um, is, you know, the person in question then taking advantage of or, or wanting the help and that kind of thing. And, and I, you know, Brown to me is just, it's a very, very tough case. Like I, I just feel that if he need, if he does need help, which it appears he does, that help should not come in the form of yet another NFL contract. Like I think that that rewarding with another, you know, that that hasn't worked. I mean, this keeps coming up. So if there's there's a way to get him mental health assistance, it you know, it should be outside of the the NFL. Like I don't, I just don't think that the repeated chances he's getting in the NFL is doing him any good yeah. either. Um, and again, we're, you know, we're treading in territory that I'm not diagnosing the guy, but, but I cover the NFL and, and when I see him out there, it's just, and then asking for empathy for his behavior, which appears to me much more selfish and self-destructive and, and not something that he even seems or appears interested in changing. Yes. Well, on your point that another NFL contract isn't going to solve the issue, that also speaks to the fact that Antonio Brown being brilliant at football meant that those offers kept coming in and yeah. ultimately it's the cynical, very pragmatic aspect of NFL. Someone's done something wrong, right. how good a footballer are they tends to dictate to what extent they might get redemption. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, any pro sport is, you know, pretty similar. If yeah. In baseball, in this country, if you're caught with steroids, you know, and you're you're the last guy in the roster, you're not coming back. But if you're if you are, you know, you're going to get it. If you're the top player, you're going to get another chance. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get that. We get that. And for many guys, you know, taking a second chance and it, it, it does, you know, they, it, it's great. It works out mutually beneficial for a lot of sides and, and, um, and they go on to, you know, much more productive, less controversial careers. But in Brown's case, I just, you know, I think often of a player like Josh Gordon, I don't know if you would have paid attention to no, him, but no. he had been a Patriot receiver for a little while as well and suspended many, many times for marijuana usage. Um, and clearly was very open with his mental health challenges and why he had a difficult time letting go of the marijuana and really just derailed his own career through that. But to me, like that's somebody who clearly, I, this is just my opinion, but you know, the empathy would be there because he wasn't hurting anybody else. He was hurting himself. And um, I just feel that Brown's case, especially as it includes violence towards women. And, you know, for me, I just, um, I just don't think, yeah, bringing him back these NFL chances have done nothing to change it. In fact, even those who profess to get him help while he's in the NFL structure, it just doesn't appear to be changing anything. So to me, he's run out of chances. Okay. Well, I'll just say again for the record, he denies the uh, sexual assault uh, charges. Will we move on to maybe less complicated terrain <laughs> and John Madden, an icon, I think, yeah. Yeah, an icon I think we're talking about here who passed away on the 28th of December at the age of 85. There was no, it was unexpected even for a man yeah. of his age and no cause was given. It is hard to overstate just how iconic John Madden is. I mean, his name here is obviously universal. I would think primarily here it's down to EA Sports and Madden right. NFL. But you might just fill us in on the wider details, a uh, really top-level coach, and then reading about his TV career, yeah. you know, in, in, in the full extent over the last uh, day or so, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it is hard to overstate. And, 
you know, even in this country, we've had people propose that our all pro teams for the NFL be renamed the all Madden team, something like that, which I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL finds some enduring way to honor him. Because I thought Bill Belichick's line was really good the other day that, you know, in the NFL, all these guys, they try to have, you know, one great career. And Madden had three great careers, you know, in the NFL. And um, just really to try to explain to people the difference he made as a commentator he came onto our television sets and he just, you know, football, American football is a very strange, intricate game. And from my vantage point, you know, is really like the, the best team sport of all the team sports because it just, the game doesn't work unless everybody does their job kind of thing. And I, I love that part of it. Like, it's very hard to just break away and win a football game on your own in American football. And I think... John Madden was tremendous at explaining that when he got on the air and, and eventually like it became funnier where he'd be drawing his, you know, telestrator and drawing funny things. But that stuff was revolutionary for him and, yeah. and intricacies on, you know, the offensive line and how these five guys work together and what they're actually doing and stunts. And it just was it just was different. And he spoke it in a language that was so easily digestible for average viewers um he never spoke down to viewers he just was really good and like you said that came in between you know an outstanding career as a coach and then this incredibly influential role with the madden game which truly he would not have put his name to if it was not going to be as accurate as it was and i mean coaches well, well, I, now I, I, literally read, I read there was a four-year delay they approached him in 84 yeah. ea sports <laughs> And for him, it wasn't realistic enough. And they only right. got there in 88 when he said, OK, let's do this. Exactly. And you literally like there's an influx of young coaches now in the NFL, which is you know kind of exciting to see. All of them grew up not only playing the game, but playing Madden, you know, and setting up plays and, and taking controls as if you're the coach and, and devising plays. And it's just it's an entirely legitimate element of the game now that didn't exist um, in a prior generation. And that's, you know, all down to one man putting his name and his reputation to that game. So, mm. yeah, you, you can't really overstate uh, the influence John Madden had. And then just such, by all accounts, not somebody I knew personally, but by by every account, just an incredibly well-liked, well-respected, loving man, loved, his, you know, his own family. His kids have been on the record talking about it. How can you not, you know, just appreciate somebody like that, what they brought to the game, what they did for the game, mm. and just what, what appreciation he seemed to have for all of it and how much he loved doing it. Yeah. Well, to put an Irish slant on the telestrator, John Giles, a legendary football pundit over here, spent some time as a player in the States and saw Madden and the telestrator and brought it back to Irish TV. So, See, there you, go. you know, I the influence, it knows no bounds. Yep. It really does. And then yep. that was kind of how it ended up over here initially. Because I, I, I was reading in an obituary of him just on his TV career again, and you mentioned the style, the language being very yeah. unpretentious. That was mentioned. So he started off at CBS 15 years. He wins the Super Bowl as a coach, then 15 years CBS. He introduced the Thanksgiving a tradition of bestowing a yeah. tarducan, yeah. a turkey stuffed with yes. <laughs> duck chicken to the winning team. Fox snagged him in the mid-1990s to establish credibility for its fledgling sports division. Then ABC followed in 2002 to boost the sagging fortunes of Monday Night Football. NBC hired him when it regained football <laughs> in 06 uh, because... I detect a theme. <laughs> yes, as Dick Erbisol, then chairman of NBC, said, he's the best analyst in the history of sports. He's able to cut through yeah. pe from people my age who remembered him as a coach. Uh, the point was, 
I mean, he was just in demand, it seems, right to the very end, was on the ground, because you might remember watching with your family or you, uh, was Madden one of these guys that people loved to hate? I mean, was, you know, would, would, no. would, would people there with a beer going, oh, shut up, Madden, or was he kind of beloved in his own time? No, that that was one element that wasn't really there with Madden, because I know, like, Aikman now, having played for, Troy Aikman, like, having played for the Cowboys, like, I live in the Northeast, and you know, Giants fans can't stand when he's on the call, right? Or Tony Romo or whatever, because they feel different biases or things like that. I, I do not remember that being the case with Madden. I think that he spoke from a perch of loving football, like not loving one team or coming from one team. And I think that really came through. Um, and he really came from a place of truly trying to illustrate for people what was going on on the field. It, it was never about him. Mm. And I think that's something different. Like, you know, John Madden, look at him, right? He was this imposing figure anyway, and uh, physically speaking. And I think all of that just helped him be very comfortable in his own skin, even as as um, an analyst. And he did. He set the bar. I mean, Howard Cosell in American sports was, you know, probably um, the first guy to, to really do that. But but Madden, when it comes to the NFL, they just were synonymous for all those years because he just loved he loved everything about it, the whole te- the whole league, all the teams, and I, and I think that really came through. Okay, so it's an extraordinary thing that potentially the most influential person in NFL didn't actually play in the NFL. Isn't that crazy sometimes when you think about that stuff? Mm. Yeah, but it just, it just shows that that argument has never carried a lot of weight with me anyway. Like, people who play bring a certain perspective and it's really valuable, but, you know, I get that a lot, being a woman in the business. Like, how can you write about it? You know, you never could have played and... I often say, like, you know, the doctor who delivered my two children never gave birth to a baby either. Like, we can all learn things, you know. <laughs> we, we can all we can all learn and we can all explain. And, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think anything good you want to say about John Madden is 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 going to is going to pass the test. Well, I wouldn't think the uh, three lads snacking on fries next to you in the press box were playing in the NFL either, to be fair. <laughs> that is very true. And I often say that too, like, you don't have to have been president or prime minister to cover politics, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But but it's one of those arguments that often comes up and, and is used as a, a, you know, a bludgeon sometimes that just doesn't hold water. No, I'm sure. Well, there you go. Antonio Brown and John Madden. That's quite the, uh, the full spectrum covered tarot. Yes. Thanks so much. Sure. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Happy New Year to everybody. Likewise. Take care. Tara Sullivan there of the Boston Globe. I'm sure we'll chat to, I think the last game of the regular season's coming up, so we'll chat to Tara. I'm sure plenty over the next couple of weeks. Off the ball. On News Talk.